Welcome in to Wednesday. Good to have you along. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. And uh, we want to hear from you, of course, uh, today, as we always do, at 405-651-3439. On the text line, Parker Thune, how we doing? We're, uh, what, three days out from the spring game now. I tell you, Steely, I'm just impressed by that listener who called in at the tail end of Plank's show under the alias Mr. Sports. I really don't know if I would have the self-confidence to call into a radio show and use the name Mr. Sports. I know Mr. That takes Sports. Some He's a good dude. He is a very good dude. I've met Mr. Sports at remotes and other places, and he's uh, he's an avid listener and a very good guy, Mr. Sports. Super good dude. I'm impressed. I am duly impressed with Mr. Sports. All right, uh, spring game is coming up Saturday, and we're going to talk a little recruiting here in a minute as well. We want to thank Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems again, first and foremost, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great sooner, great company. Heating and air needs, you need those addressed, they'll do it for you, 405-579-3113. So, guys that you want to watch this weekend, everybody's talking about Jackson Arnold. They want to see him. They want to see P.J. Atabare, obviously, as well. Uh, you always are going to watch the quarterbacks, but there's so many players that Sooner fans uh, will have their eye on this weekend. How about one at wide receiver? I know you think Nick Anderson has a tremendously high ceiling, and you think he's going to play a lot this year. We know that uh, clearly uh, he's got a chance possibly to be the number three wide receiver. But what about Jaden Gibson? He came in pretty hyped. Uh, from the state of Florida. Last year, caught a 95-yard touchdown pass in the spring game from Micah Bowens. And, uh, you know, Jaden Gibson is another guy trying to get in the rotation. He talked to you guys yesterday, met the media. Jaden Gibson did. And I thought he was very impressive. Jaden Gibson biding his time, trying to get playing time, trying to make his presence felt. We'll see if that happens in the spring game Saturday. But Gibson said yesterday that he knows all of this is a process. For sure, you know, like, everything is, like, stepping stones. You know, God's favor, like, coming in, got to put on weight, you know what I'm saying? Got to tone up, got to get bigger, got to get stronger, got to be more cerebral about football, got to learn how to be that way, you know what I'm saying? Got to learn how to be a great teammate, great leader, all that kind of stuff I feel like goes into it, you feel me? The coaches that I have that I was blessed to be able to come play for these coaches, they ain't never given up on me, you know what I'm saying? They constantly telling me, hey, you're doing good in practice, you're doing good, like, you make a stride, you make a stride. Because obviously, when you got a school like OU, just because you're not playing, it don't mean you ain't doing bad. Just because you're not, you know what I'm saying? Just because you're not the guy, it don't mean you're not doing your job, that you're not on the way. You know what I'm saying? I was blessed and fortunate enough to come to a great university with so much talent. At offense, defense, my position included, so much talent. And not only talent that was here when I got here, but it's always going to be a stream of talent, always going to be top tier talent. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just thankful that the coaches have continued to just allowed me to become a better player and I feel like regardless of what the you know the outer world ain't seen none yet you feel me I'm just working dirty hard work in the dark you feel me but to myself I know I'm getting way better you feel me and just whenever the opportunity comes for me to be able to go out there and get back to being Jaden Gibson like I've been you know what I'm saying I'll jump at it and I won't look back Mike Steely do you feel him I do feel him yes I absolutely do man and there was a player a few years back I I can't remember for the life of me who it was and you kind of heard it there with Jaden Gibson but you know, you get some p- players that very much have those verbal crutches, and we, we all have them, Steely. It's oh, yeah. something that we have to work past early in our careers as bloviators on the radio. Uh, but there was a player, this was probably two, three years ago, where literally every other phrase out of his mouth would be, you know what I'm saying. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. 
I don't think he's any longer at Oklahoma. I know that much. Yeah, it happens. We all have those. And uh, But you know what? I thought the substance of what Jaden Gibson said was really good. You yeah, know, he was we, really impressive you, yesterday. You talked about, you know, it's not a talent issue with Jaden Gibson. Maybe it's more of a maturation issue. And what I heard from him during his uh, uh, meeting up with you guys yesterday uh, during the media availability, I thought he sounded like he was – he sounded pretty mature to me. So we'll see if he makes an impact. By the way, I want to break in because we do have breaking news. Breaking news! Javian McCollum has committed to Oklahoma, the guard from uh, Siena, who is a, a top target for the Sooners. So Porter has uh, broken through, gets his first commitment from the portal here, and uh, Javian McCollum, that looks like a good get for Oklahoma. It looks like a good get. I, I can't wait for the Doomer text about how Sienna, we're taking kids from Sienna now. Which, I, I mean, we've talked about it. At a place like Oklahoma, there's going to be a cap. There's going to be a ceiling in terms of the quality of players that you can get out of the transfer portal just because the upper echelon in the basketball portal, those are guys that are going to be looking for a payday. And... Oklahoma's not one of those schools that's handing out checks, at least not at this point in time, not to the extent that other schools are. And so, in general, what they're going to have to do is identify talent from mid-major conferences, guys on the rise, guys that produced at that level who are capable of making the jump. And you've seen examples of this in years past. right? I think Elijah Harkless, who came from Cal State Northridge, is a phenomenal example. People kind of knew who Yamoja Gibson was when he transferred to Oklahoma after the 2019-20 season. But nobody knew who Elijah Harkless was. Well, he shows up to Oklahoma. He's instantly one of the best on-ball defenders in the entire country and averaged double digits at Oklahoma, averaged nearly 20 points a game this past season at UNLV in his final season of college basketball. So you can get capable contributors from the mid-major level you just kind of have to sift through to det- the detritus and figure out which guys can play and which ones can't. And the hope is that Javian McCollum can show up and play. So, again, that is the uh, breaking news happened about uh, in the last three to five minutes. And, again, Javian McCollum, the guard from uh, Siena, one of the Sooners' top targets, uh, is coming to the University of Oklahoma to play basketball. That is the news uh, from the basketball portal. All right, so back to the spring game and Jaden Gibson. Uh, how do you think he fits in the plans right now? It's still kind of a mystery with him, but we know he's got great size, uh, has you know a lot of the things you're looking for in a really good wide receiver. Sure. Um, and, again, what I heard from him I thought sounded great, but realistically where do you think he fits in right now? It's hard to say, and I don't think we'll know the answer on Saturday. Because consider for a moment who had the biggest play last year at the spring game. It was Jaden Gibson with a 95-yard touchdown catch from Micah Bowens. But come the fall, Jaden Gibson didn't catch a pass at Oklahoma. And so the guys that are seeing significant snaps in the spring game aren't necessarily the guys that are going to see significant snaps this fall. We've still got a month of fall camp to get through before the depth chart is officially set. So ask me again the third or fourth week of August. But I do think in terms of a sheer physical ceiling, Jaden Gibson might have the absolute highest on the depth chart at wide receiver because of that combination of size, speed, and ball skills. We've talked about it, though, Steely. 
the issue for him has kind of always between has it's always been between the ears and that's not to say that he's a head case in the sense that he's going to go allegedly pistol whip somebody like Trajan Bridges or not in the sense that uh, he's going to go get himself into trouble on campus corner that's not necessarily the type of individual that Jaden Gibson is but I think you see the competitive fire in him burn a little bit too hot at times. And you saw that last year in Ames when he was on special teams and just about scrapped with the whole Iowa State sideline on the one snap of the entire game that he saw. And so for him, it's about toning things down to the point where you're playing with intensity, sure, but you're also playing within yourself and you're not letting yourself get out of control. When that happens for Jaden Gibson – I don't question that he's going to be a very talented and very productive wide receiver in the offensive rotation at Oklahoma. There you go. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. The spring game coming up Saturday, kick time, 2.30. Kyler's uh, Heisman statue dedication ceremony happening at 11.30 over at Heisman Park. We will be on the air beginning at 10 a.m. We'll be at two locations for pregame, Balfour, Norman. We love being over there. I'll be over there. T-Row will be over there. Tyler McComas will be over at uh, Yo Pablo for pregame. And uh, we're going to have you covered. Travis Davidson will be around. We'll have the whole crew out there. And uh, looking forward to seeing you drop by and say hello uh, on Campus Corner again coming up Saturday. And then Yo Pablo afterwards for our postgame as well right here on The Ref. So the news today again, Javian McCollum, the guard from Siena, has committed to Oklahoma, going to play basketball for Porter Moser and the Sooners. And uh, that looks like a good get uh, through the portal for Oklahoma. So, once again, uh, what did you? What else stood out to you yesterday? We're going to hear from Jacob Lacey a little bit later on. I thought he was really good as well. We're going to hear from Rondell Bothroyd. And uh, anything else stand out to you in your uh, conversations with the guys over at the media avail? <laughs> I asked Jaden Rowe about Josiah Wagner. Because, of course, Wagner is a guy that folks just continue to buzz and buzz and buzz about. <laughs> and Jaden just kind of shook his head and he said, Man, that dude's a hitter. He loves to hit. So, again, nothing but positive things that we've heard so far about Josiah Wagner, who at five foot eleven and 171 pounds has seemingly emerged as potentially a contender to start opposite Woody Washington. Now, I'd still give the edge right now to the law firm of Gentry Williams and Kendall Dolby, but at a certain point, a guy like Josiah Wagner because becomes tough to ignore – and very, very tough to deny. So I will be curious to see when fall camp opens in August if he is as impressive throughout that month of camp as he has been throughout the month of spring practice that has been for Oklahoma. It it does look like he is going to play, that's for sure. He's going to get his share of snaps anyway because he's been very impressive. Josiah Wagner, the true freshman, oh boy. coming in early. Gosh, we got to come up with a moniker for this texter because all he ever does – is texted negative things about Ethan Downs, Todd Bates, uh, Jaron Canick, and now Josiah Wagner. He says, I watched Brandon Ennis dominate Josiah Wagner. I'm assuming that's in reference to the All-American Bowl? I'm trying to think in what context would Josiah Wagner have matched up At with At a camp Brandon or an All-American game? Was Brandon Ennis was right? a five-star wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So you know what? 
If Josiah Wagner has problems covering five-star receivers, I'll cut him some slack on that. He's looked really good, though, thus far in spring ball for Oklahoma. All right, 405-651-3439. We'll get you a recruiting update when we get back. Uh, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold happening. up. Yeah. Doug in Norman is a graduate of Cal State Northridge. Really? I had no idea. Hmm. But apparently, Doug in Norman and Elijah Hark- Harkless both attended Cal State Northridge. He says, as a graduate of CSU Northridge, please don't be too disparaging about my alma mater. Sorry, Doug. I'll keep that in mind. I had, I, like I said, I had no idea. What's their yeah. mascot? Let us know their mascot. I used to know that, and now I've forgotten it because I'm old. So, uh, Cal State Northridge for Doug from Norman. Uh, good job, Doug. Very nice. All right, break time right here. We do have Eli Letterman coming on. First appearance with us. It'll be nice. Coming up, Tulsa World Sooner Beat Rider on the way at 1235 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Eli Letterman. Yes, 12.35 today. We'll give you a recruiting update when we get back here on The Ref. It's been the biggest, the most amount of football I've learned in a long time. You know, being an older guy, you don't know what you don't know. But working with Coach Bates, just learning the defense, it, it applies in every part of life, every part of NFL scheme. It's been, it's been great. I've learned so much. It, it's, been, uh, it's been fun, too. What's the settling in process been like for you, just getting on the field, mm-hmm. you know, working with the group on the defensive line? What's that been like? Yeah, I think it started back at Matt Drills, really, um, the month of February. We were at, getting after at 6 a.m. every day with the guys, and that's really what built chemistry. And we got on the field, we kind of hit the ground running. There wasn't many missed assignments. There wasn't many uh, mess-ups, you know, besides the few that we have in the first couple of days. But uh, I think we've all done a great job of just kind of coming together and buying in. There you go, the voice of Jacob Lacey coming through the portal from Notre Dame and expected to play quite a bit for the Sooners, I'm sure, in the spring game coming up Saturday and in the fall. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand-new Tri-City location that serves Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. So, Jacob Lacey, uh, what are we thinking of uh, his role coming up in the fall? How much of a role do you think Jacob Lacey will have? I would figure he sees quite a bit of time on the interior defensive line. And especially early in the season, I think it's logical that Todd Bates would lean on the guys with experience, of which Jacob Lacey has a lot of it. And then later on down the line... You know, you start to get into conference play. You hit the halfway point in the season. Maybe you see some guys start to emerge, guys that haven't really flashed yet, uh, but that are on the up and up. I think of somebody like Grayson Halton, for instance, or Kelvin Gilliam even. But in the here and now, as we look at the first half of the season, especially non-conference play for Oklahoma, you have to figure that the veterans are going to get a ton of run. And so that's why I think – you're looking at Jacob Lacey and Isaiah Coe and Jordan Kelly, guys of that ilk, as probably the players that will see a great deal of time in the early stages for Oklahoma on the interior. All right, recruiting update. You know you want it. You always do. The Sooners' three commitments so far. The latest came from K.J. Daniels, the wide receiver out of Franklinton, Louisiana. Also, of course, Michael Hawkins, the quarterback from Frisco, Emerson, and McKinney, Texas. And the first for the Sooners uh, for the 2024 class was Jeremiah Newcomb, the cornerback from 
Queens Creek, Arizona. Now, Parker, by my count, crystal balls are out for OU. The latest one came out for Isaiah Autry. You talked about that yesterday, the offensive tackle from Tupelo, Mississippi. Tupelo! Yes, that's right. Home of Elvis. Uh, Devon Mitchell, the tight end from uh, Los Alamitos, California. Michael Hawkins, former teammate there in Allen, Texas. Uh, there is one out for Grayson Halton for the 2025 class. Grayson Harris. Grayson Harris, my bad. Grayson Halton. Why, where's that name coming from? Grayson Harris, the wide receiver, and Kevin Sperry, of course, the quarterback in that class. And uh, other crystal balls that are out there, Kristen Thatcher, the uh, linebacker from Las Vegas, uh, Jaden Hardy, the safety out of Texas, and Caden Massey, the offensive lineman from Linden, Kansas. Does that pretty much cover it right now? I would say so. Yeah, it was pretty comprehensive. Okay, so Isaiah Autry, you talked about about him a little bit yesterday, but tell us again because people are going to see three-star, but what they need to look at is the schools that are offering this kid, right? (laughs) Yeah, you look at a kid's offer sheet, that's typically a pretty solid indication of what type of player he is. When he's got an Alabama offer, I tend to give that kid my stamp of approval even if I haven't seen him in person. And obviously with Isaiah Autry playing football in Tupelo, Mississippi, I have not gotten the chance to watch the kid in person. But the tape's impressive. He's a big, big kid. Definitely needs to be developed, needs to be refined, as most offensive linemen do when they get to college. There are very, very few, and Anton Harrison is kind of the shining, rare example of a guy that just shows up and he's ready to go, and he's a plug-and-play Power 5 offensive lineman. I think the Sooners actually have a couple of guys right now on campus in Caden Green and Joshua Bates that if they needed to play this fall, you would not – if you weren't an Oklahoma fan and you watched those two guys play on Saturdays, you probably wouldn't pick up on the fact that they're true freshmen. I think they had a guy last year that certainly fits that bill in Jacob Sexton. Now, with Isaiah Autry, he probably needs at least a year when he gets to Oklahoma. But what you can't teach? six six two eighty right now. Uh-huh. The frame and the intangibles that he possesses. The length, the height the width, and so this is a guy that if he ends up in Oklahoma's class, as I and many others expect that he will, uh, definitely somebody that you can get excited about down the line. Also, he's Marcus Dupree's cousin. I don't know if you knew that, Steely. Yeah, yeah. you, yeah, you mentioned that Dupree's yesterday briefly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great deal, and uh, Marcus Dupree, very much a part of the Sooner family. I know the breakup when he left was, was not pretty, and Sooner fans were upset about that. I don't think that was Marcus. I think it was the people who were handling Marcus Dupree uh, that weren't on There's the Oklahoma coaching an uncle. staff. Yeah, it was uh, – what was the guy's name? Ken Farley, I believe it was his name. Chris Farley? Not Chris Farley. Chris Farley would have done a much much better job than Kenneth Farley, and, and the, the Pratt Falls would have been a lot more funny, of course. But – uh, Marcus, you know, uh, made up with Sooner Nation. It wasn't a, just a horrible breakup, but you can tell he's pretty much bought into the University of Oklahoma, and what a talent he was. Unbelievable. All right, uh, Will Winery, David Stone, Zadavian Sims, Nigel Smith, Sammy Brown. We're going to get a question about them, so we might as well cover it right now. Okay, what, what what exactly do you want me to cover? You want me to cover all of those guys? Yeah, just say no news, or I, I do know that on 247, you look and it's still projecting, obviously, Will Winery to Oklahoma, still projecting, I think it was 85% OU, 15% Michigan State, or something like that for David Stone. But what is the uh, over and under on what number are you putting? Are you putting that number 
at one and a half right now, maybe two and a half for that fearsome foursome on the uh, defensive line. I would set the over under at two and a half. Yeah, and I would I would take the over right now. And if they clear David that Stone, hurdle, that's big time. David Stone's going to be in town this weekend for the spring game. Mm-hmm. Nigel Smith going to be in town this weekend for the spring game. Uh, no news is good news as far as Will Nguyenary is concerned, and there is no news there. And as far as the Davian Sims is concerned, things are very, very stable there, and Oklahoma remains the leader. Another guy, a fifth guy? Well, let me throw two more at you. Joseph Jonah Ajonier, another guy knocking on the door of top 100 status in the 24-7 sports composite. OU leads there for the big four-star defensive lineman out of Conroe, Texas. And as reported by my colleague Brandon Drum at OUinsider.com, five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley out of the state of Louisiana is trending towards taking an official visit with Oklahoma. There you go. There you go. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, let's get like two in because I want to make sure we get uh, Eli Letterman on, on time. Uh, from the 405, do you guys really get questions about the same exact guys every day? It's like Groundhog Day. Well, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes, you'd yes, be surprised. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised what's how many the latest times. On Sam- what cracks me up is what's the latest on Sammy Brown? Like, if there was anything new, I would think that you would have it on there. But we try and answer as best we can. There will be days where we talk about Sammy Brown, for instance, and then ten minutes later, we'll have somebody on the text line asking, "What's the latest on Sammy Brown?" Yeah, not Just everybody gets to listen. On the same time frame, and so we appreciate the questions. Believe me, but yeah, it's uh, the the only ones that crack me up are the. Uh, is there any news? You know, when we just gave the news in the previous segment, but that's the way it works in radio. We get it. All right, uh, why don't we take an early timeout right here? Uh, because I know that Eli's got a little bit of a tight schedule today. But four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We're going to get a bunch of texts in today. Uh, if you want yours read, maybe you send it another time. We're going to have a lot more room for text coming up in the second hour, I can tell you that. Spring game Saturday, Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner and Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. And can't wait to see you guys out there. We'll talk about spring football, obviously, a lot during the rest of the show. There's a lot more ahead on that front. And the Sooners did get Javian McCollum, the guard from Siena, officially committed to Sooner basketball. That news coming out about 25 minutes ago. Coming right back here on The Ref. If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York. All right, so you found the Eli Letterman theme there, I guess. Yes, indeed. Very nice. You know, when I found out that Eli Letterman was from New York, I thought, well, surely he went to Syracuse, but he went to Missouri. That's another fine journalism school right there. And we welcome in uh, Eli Letterman for the first time here on our program, doing a great job covering the Sooners beat for the Tulsa world. Eli, we appreciate you coming on. Now, why why didn't you go to Syracuse? Well, thank you guys for having me. I love my, my playing music. It's a good question. I, I thought for the longest time it made a lot of sense, right? Only four hours north of where I grew up in New York, but um, kind of made a jump out this way to – 
go to school in Missouri, and, and here I am. I don't. I certainly wouldn't be here covering the Sooners if not. Did for they that. drop and, a bag? Did they pull a Luther? It was it an <laughs> NIL deal for a journalism uh, recruit? Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. You probably think of uh, I. Who are the top ones? Mizzou, Syracuse, Vandy. Those are all great. So Missouri's got a pretty darn good reputation as well, no doubt. All right, Eli, yeah. go ahead. Well, I would have missed that on the NIL era slightly. I don't think I would have been much of a coveted yeah. recruit either. But I, I think uh, in another life or another time, I, I would have pursued that bag. All right, let's talk about uh, Saturday. Um, what do you think the storyline is? Maybe not necessarily heading into the spring game because it's a spring game, but what is what, what is the headline or the real story to you for Brent and this program heading into his second season? Yeah, I mean, I, I know this isn't the most novel thing, but I really think just year two. Let's think back to like where we were last April, gearing up for you know that huge, huge spring game. You know, Brent Venables returns. We're only, you know, four months, five months removed from Lincoln Riley's departure. And it, it, it had just a, all this feel of new. And, and a year later, uh, in the wake of, you know, a six and seven season, things feel very different, but mostly for the better. Uh, things feel more settled. The, the faces are familiar uh, beyond having to bring in Emmett Jones. The coaching staff has remained the same and, and, and same down to some of the personnel. I think, I think that continuity and, and just the comfort, whether it's roster continuity or or uh, just, you know, the, this coaching staff getting a second year with this group. I think that's been the, the common theme we've heard across camp, and, and you're seeing it in places. And I guess, you know, as, as you say, it's just a spring game, and, you know, even, even the way they've modified it, it's not going to be a traditional uh, split squad scrimmage. But this is our first look to see if, if you know, what they've said uh, and, and whatever we'll really be able to glean from it. But if, if, if that jump they're talking about in year two is really there. Eli, are you going to be the one responsible for keeping score and keeping us all informed on how this scoring system is? Look, I think many of us saw the tweet yesterday and went, what? I think the best way to think about it is probably there's seven points at stake every single time there is an offensive drive. It just depends on what the outcome is and how many of those seven points the defense earns versus the offense earns, but... What do you think of the structure of this spring game in comparison to what we had last year and what we've often had in the past at Oklahoma? Yeah, I'll, I'll direct everybody to Twitter for the for the rubric because it's pretty complex on, on how points will be assigned on Saturday. In fact, I know they're already earning points at the end of practice yesterday. There were some 40-yard dash drills getting run that were going toward points for Saturday. So I've already lost track, and, and I don't know if I plan to catch up. But, you know, this this – only probably changes things so much it probably you know I, I think a big part of this had to do with health um they're not super duper banged up but the fact that i think they've been thin at the o-line spot thin at tight end this this spring and maybe some other places we don't know um this makes sense it, it gives you a chance a to to not have to split up you know let's, let's look at the offensive line for instance we know they've had guys working out in you know either out of position or in new spots this gives you know bill Bedenboe and and this offense and this staff a chance to, you know, really have all of their guys on one line. And, and even when you get into the second, third, and fourth bits of the depth, um, I, I think having this as, you know, one unit as opposed to having to split it up, that's where you see it. And that was kind of the practical end of this. How it'll, you know, match up when it's instead of kind of red and white, it's offense versus defense. Um, we'll see. But I, I think there's a practical element, element to it. And if, if we all kind of come at this thinking that a spring game is, is only just that, a, a spring scrimmage, I don't know that a new format's going to transform this universally. 
Eli Letterman, our guest, doing a great job covering the Sooners for the Tulsa World. All right, so OU goes through their first losing season in 25 years. You have the SEC looming. Uh, There's some national people that are kind of questioning Brent Venables. This feels like a really big year, not only for Brent, but for the program in general because of what's ahead. Yeah, I I think so, and I I think that's, again, where they – last year you've had – whether they would have used them or not. And I think we know from this staff, they don't lean into excuses, but they were there. If you wanted to point to personnel as, as what they inherited um, from a previous coaching staff, um, you know, the work they had to do in the portal, just getting this thing up and running, that was there. I mean, there, there were plenty of excuses. I, I think that diminishes a bit this year. This is very much so is a team in their image. It, it should be noted that Brent Venables opened spring camp noting uh, that I think, what, of the 76 guys who were on the Alamo Bowl roster when he showed up, 23 are still here. So, that, you know, that right there, that's the number. You you can't really any longer point to the personnel so much as, as being someone else's. So that's there. The coaching, you know, I, I think, again, by this fast own admission, they want to be better this year. So all those things, that the, the responsibility that wasn't there last year is, is now on uh, further on Brent Venables and this staff, and, and it's why – the pressure should be there that they've got to improve. And I think the the conference and, and the schedule may line up to a point where, you know, they should, uh, whatever their expectations inside those walls are, I think a lot, a lot of it outside will be looking at them to win, you know, eight to 10 games and maybe be in Arlington. And, and that's, you know, that, that has been the expectation at, at the minimum in Norman for a long time. But last year was clearly a step back. I think they've got to show progress this year, particularly knowing, uh, what's on the horizon? You know, they might have benefited from that extra year if they'd hung around till 25, at least in terms of a roster and program development. But they're going to be in the SEC before they know it, and I, I think going in there with momentum uh, is, is going to be critical. Eli, got to get your thoughts on the basketball program in an overarching sense. Obviously, it's been a tumultuous offseason to date for Porter Moser and OU basketball, losing a whole bunch of guys to the transfer portal. They just kind of broke through the wall uh, not much more than 45 minutes ago, getting their first transfer acquisition in Siena guard Javian McCollum. As you look ahead to year three for Porter and the OU basketball program, what are your thoughts on where things stand, where they need to improve, and realistically how much better they can be in the day and age of portal madness? Yeah, it's a challenge. I spent some time with Porter last fall talking about you know the the program he wanted to build, how he wanted to do it, and, and he is still waiting um, for that kind of stable offseason, I think, to, to build toward the next year. His, his whole idea has been maybe molding it a bit after what he did at Loyola was, you know, developing guys year over year that, you know, from where they are in year one to where they are in year four, they're advanced. They know the system. They know him. They know what he wants. He still hasn't quite gotten that, and I don't know how much of it, you know, it's just poor timing. I don't know. It's all on him. You know, the, the portal – uh, has certainly hit them multiple years in a row, and, and they brought guys in last year. They didn't quite have enough, and now they find themselves, you know, after today, still with five scholarships available uh, and only one portal addition to date, as you said, only 45 minutes ago. So they find themselves in the midst of another rebuild, and, and I'm certain that, you know, going into year three, this is not what, what Porter Moser envisioned, but now that the key, when you've lost Jalen Hills, when you've lost Grant Sherfield, we knew Tanner Groves wouldn't be back, and, and so on from there. Uh, they've got to find ways to, to build this roster between now and I guess you know June will be that second portal window to a point they can come back next year and, and at least be you know more competitive than they were in terms of the tournament because they were a far ways off uh, you know come March and 
And I think you know the expectation won't be anything short of that when they come back next year. And it really is going to be a big year three for Porter Moser, and that's what makes these few weeks in the portal so important. No doubt about it. No doubt. Eli, great stuff. Thank you so much. We'll have you uh, on again down the road. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Eli Letterman joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We love Riverwind as well. Over 2,800 electronic games. They have the best gaming, uh, all your favorite table games as well. Tremendous poker room. They have the best bars and dining. If you want to make an evening of it at Riverwind, whether it's New Year's Eve or you're coming from outside the Oklahoma City area, they have a world-class hotel, incredible service. They've got great promotions as well. Don't forget the 30K Nest Egg winnings promotion. The random hot seat drawings are happening again Saturday night. If you're coming to the OU Spring Game, you can go over to Riverwind right afterwards. The preliminary drawings begin at 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon every half hour. Uh, They'll be calling out names in these random hot seat drawings, and patrons are going to win $400 in cash. That happens from 2 to 9.30 p.m. this Saturday in the 30K Nest Egg winnings promotion. And then at 10 p.m., two grand prize winners will be selected to receive at least $1,200 in cash because you're going to get the $1,200 plus any unclaimed preliminary cash that somebody doesn't claim. So that is happening this Saturday. Preliminary drawings, 2 to 9.30 you can make it over there after the spring game uh, and have yourself a great meal at Riverwind as well and uh, hopefully win some of that random hot seat cash they're giving away Saturday in this great promotion. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. Break time right here. Nothing but your texts coming up next. I thought it was a fine performance by Eli in his uh, initial appearance here. I would get it. I think Rotten Tomatoes had it at 98%. Pretty impressive. Coming right back. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tomorrow on the program, we will be out at Cavens Construction, but tomorrow at 1235, Little Joe Washington, Sooner legend, will join us. We'll talk, uh, what else, Sooner football. He's got a big event coming up uh, after the spring game at the Cohiba Lounge. His signature cigar, again, smoked through a keyhole. They'll have T-shirts and everything over there. But Little Joe Washington, I would say my favorite Sooner of all time, will be joining us coming up at uh, 12.35 tomorrow. Let's spend the rest of this hour getting to your texts. 405-651-3439, and here we go. Brent from Jinx says, I've texted in the past that I'd like to see Davis Bevel try to become a tight end with his size. Are the coaches now on the same page as me now that he's actually taking reps? Could this actually happen? We saw the video. No, I would not count on it actually happening, Brent from Jinx, simply because right now, Oklahoma only has three tight ends practicing, period. Not three scholarship tight ends, three tight ends. So, Davis Bevel is, uh, he's, basically you have to find somebody to take reps at tight end. You can't just have three guys. And so Davis Bevel makes a lot of sense because, well, it's, it's not as if he needs to be taking reps at quarterback because, He's not going to be playing quarterback at any point in any meaningful situation for Oklahoma this fall. So, it, when you have a guy like that, that, you know, in terms of what he's trying to accomplish on the practice field, in terms of what he reasonably can accomplish, when you can take somebody like that, pluck them from their position, and have them run routes to uh, help sharpen the skills of the quarterbacks that you're actually planning on using 
in 2023. And he's a similar sense. size as a lot the, most of the tight end targets, right? He's not fast or athletic enough to ever actually play tight end. Right. But in terms of where you're throwing the football, Davis Bevel's what, 6'5", 6'6", in that, in that yeah, range? Yeah, he's, so. he's every inch of 6'6". So, yeah. There you go. All right, 405-651-3439. Air comfort salute. Well, actually, it's just it's just a regular text line right now. CD from Hockley. We weren't in the mix for Ethan White. or Sorry, weren't we in the mix for Ethan White, offensive lineman from Florida, committed to USC and now not enrolling this fall. Yes, CD from Hockley. Oklahoma was in the mix. Here's what I can tell you about Ethan White. Not a situation you want to get involved with. I'm just going to leave it at that. Trust me on that. Probably better that I don't elaborate, but suffice it to say, probably not a kid you want at the University of Oklahoma. There you go. All right, Parker, any news on Marcus Major? I saw he wasn't practicing yesterday. Well, he's made of glass. He's always banged up. That's kind of been the Marcus Major story. Shows some promise when healthy. But good gracious, he could never stay healthy. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's banged up right now, as are many across that Oklahoma roster. Going on year five, a year in which he's already expected to play third fiddle to Gavin Sawchuck and Javante Barnes. Maybe not necessarily. Caleb Hicks is turning some heads too, Caleb right? Caleb Hicks is really turning heads. Yes. So. Speaking of a guy who likes to hit, he likes to hit too, you know? Uh, put Bevel at fullback on goal line situations. They already have that guy, Tawi Walker, right? Pretty much. If they, I mean, he's a big bruising guy. Yeah. If you need a full, if you need a fullback in goal line situations, if you need somebody just to bulldoze the way for whoever the running back in the backfield is, it's probably going to be somebody like Jason Llewellyn, who is both tall and enormous and strong. Davis Bevel is kind of just tall. Jason Llewellyn is six foot five, two hundred sixty-five pounds, and strong as an ox. That's the guy that you're going to line up at fullback if you need somebody to do it. I miss the belldozer. That was a great time too, back in the day. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Any news about the uh, the defensive lineman from was it Old Miss who just who entered the portal? Taiwan Malone. Yep. Uh, Hard to say at this point. I I mean, he just hit the portal. So, no, there is no news. Uh, Johnny from UConn wants to know, what about the running back that transferred from Washington? I, I think we need to reconcile with the with the reality that Emeka Megwa may never play a down of football again. His knee injury is pretty severe, pretty debilitating, and he has not practiced all spring. For the 405, maybe Bevel could be listed on the depth chart at every position. Everybody's trying to move Davis Bevel somewhere. He's not going to play, all right? Um, But uh, Sooner Soldier Bevel is no Blake Bell. Yeah, nobody said that. I just, all I said was I missed the Bell Dozer. There there would be no Bevel Dozer, believe me. From the 918, Llewellyn can't stay on the field, which is why Bevel is playing tight end. Seriously? A guy has one injury and all of a sudden he can't stay on the field? No, Jason Llewellyn had surgery on his foot because of an injury that he suffered in winter workouts. He is going to be back to 100% by the time fall rolls around, and that is not a question. 
Jason Llewellyn is not an injury-prone player, not a player that can't stay on the field. Bevel's playing tight end because Llewellyn and Helms, as well as Blake Smith, who's practicing but still dinged up, are all hurt right now. Uh, from the 918, I missed that. Who has the bad knee injury? Emeka Megwa. Emeka Megwa is the guy that uh, dealing with a pretty severe, well, I, I shouldn't say pretty severe injury because the injury is past him. It's just that the recovery timetable and the continual rehab process that Meg was facing, he he may never play a down at Oklahoma. Uh, from the 405, really like the film on Joseph Ajonye and Nigel Smith. What are the chances on getting both? I would say the odds are pretty, actually pretty high that you get both Nigel Smith and Joseph Jonah Ajonye. Um, I think Oklahoma leads and has led for quite some time in Nigel Smith's recruitment, and they're quickly emerging as the clear leader for Joseph Jonah Ajonye. Zane says, I just don't see Sawchuck as an every-down back right now. Uh, seems too small and inexperienced to rely on for blocking assignments. Gavin Sawchuck is many things, Zane. Small is not one of them. He ran small pretty tough in the Florida State bowl game. Uh, that surprised me. That not, not that I didn't think that he was, you know, tough, but uh, he was just a lot more physical than I thought. And we knew about the speed that he had, but I thought he broke some tackles and looked – but, yeah, I mean, most most major college programs are going to run multiple backs unless you've got just an absolute superstar back there that you can give the ball to 30 times a game, and that's very rare now. Last text. So what Parker is saying is there's now five top 100 defensive linemen visiting slash interested or have OU at the top of the list, and four of the five are top 40. Yeah, Todd Bates is terrible. He should be fired. Well, it would be nice to see them close on a couple of them, maybe more than that. But, yeah, the, the, you know, last year they missed out on DJ Hicks. People still remember that. So, And uh, Cade McDonald down the stretch, a few others. But maybe this year will be different. Certainly the Sooners look to be in a good spot with a lot of those guys. All right, another hour to go. Keep it here on the ref. All right, let's open the door on hour number two. As always, brought to you by our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 there. If you want to see a great selection of vehicles, cars, trucks, SUVs, maybe it's a pre-owned vehicle you're looking for, they have it right there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And the confidence of buying a vehicle there comes with that incredible guarantee from Seth himself. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. 405 651-3439 on our text line. Uh, Today is a big day here in uh, the state of Oklahoma and obviously in Oklahoma City. It's the 28-year remembrance of the uh, Oklahoma City bombing. Anniversary sounds a little too celebratory, but we we do celebrate those lives that had an impact in the community. And I think we also not only celebrate the lost souls we had on that day 28 years ago today – April 19, 1995, will forever be in our memories. Uh, I love the way the community came together, that Oklahomans helped each other out. I love the bombing memorial. It's very moving. I think it, it's just, you know, it's just very, very moving. If you've ever been there and visited the uh, museum, I know Sam Presti takes new Thunder players over there to experience that right off the bat, and it's uh, incredibly meaningful. 
and everybody has a memory. Parker Thune wasn't around then. No, I was not. But I can tell you this. It was an interesting day for me. We we're all kind of sharing our memories today. I was working at the time. I was kind of in between jobs. I'd left one, and I was working at, uh, what, what? well, KTOK Radio at the time. And I was doing the morning sports, and I was doing the talk show, our sports show, you know, sharing the duties there. And I was also doing some sales stuff back then just to make a little extra income. And believe me, I wasn't cut out for sales. I tried it. I didn't like it because I wasn't very good. But I can remember that I would do the morning sports, and then we had our daily sales meeting in the morning at 8.30. And so over at 50 Pin Place where KTOK was. But the night before, I was sick as a dog. I had like a major stomach virus, headache. I was just, and it's pretty rare for me to call in sick. I've got to be really, really sick. So I called and I left, you know, our, my boss a message. Hey, sorry, I had to get another guy to fill in and do the morning sports. And so I left messages that I wasn't going to be there. And I can remember I was up you know, into the early hours of the next morning, probably got to bed about 3 a.m. And I remember sleeping and I remember hearing a really loud boom. Um, you know, and kind of way in the background. But I was so tired at the time, I kind of rolled back over and went to sleep like, man, what was that? I woke up and my wife at the time, we were separated. And I remember turning on i don't know why i had the uh, the cable i left in the living room on overnight and i walked in the living room and i saw on cnn my ex-wife doing a live shot from oklahoma city on cnn and it said building you know explosion in oklahoma city and i was like wow i looked out the window at the time because i had moved into an apartment i was up in northwest oklahoma city and i could see looking downtown uh, the smoke coming from the Murrah building and just how crazy that whole day was. Now, the strange thing about that is I, you know, this was before you could pay your, you know, anything way before we could pay, you know, Apple pay. I, obviously we know that, but I was going to go make my car payment after the sales meeting. Guess where my car payment was going to be made now you could either mail in your car payment back in those days or whatever and i just remember you know what i'm just going to take my car ma car payment car payment by the uh, federal employees credit union which was in the murrah building i was going to make it that next morning i was sick the previous evening now look our sales meeting began because i would do the morning sports and then after i was done with my last sports cast i taped the last sports cast and we would have a sales meeting every morning at 8.30. That meeting usually lasts 30 to 45 minutes. So more than likely, unless that meeting went, you know, 15 minutes, I wouldn't have made it downtown when it happened. But if it did, I mean, there was probably about a 10% chance of that meeting being 10, 15 minutes, and I'd drive downtown, and I'm right down there, maybe in the building. So, you know, it, it just uh, it was a crazy day. And uh, but I think the aftermath of the whole situation, um, I know I worked with a uh, 
a girl whose dad passed in TV, Carla Wade. I think she's in. Uh, I think she's in Birmingham now. She was getting her TV career started at uh, Fox 25, and I worked with her. Her, you know, I don't know. It was a couple of years later, but her dad passed away. Was in the Murrah Building. So we were all affected by that. I, I know you remember the uh, the picture of the fireman holding the uh, the baby that made it on all the uh, Time Magazine, Newsweek, every day. Chris Fields, great dude. I got to know him, um, and is just a great guy. Might be listening right now. He still goes around the country and speaks about that. So anyway, um, it was just it was just a horrible day. And then the way that Oklahomans come together, and that's where the you know, the phrase Oklahoma standard really was born. So uh, crazy, absolutely crazy. By the way, um, I was thinking about there's this series on Showtime called Waco, the Aftermath. And I think if you have like Paramount Plus, you also get Showtime. So we watched the first episode, my wife, Shay and I did the other night. It's got Michael Shannon. He's an FBI agent. And the, the aftermath of Waco was Oklahoma City. So, and they were previewing the, the episode, and there's Tim McVeigh's in the next episode. He's driving to Elohim City, you know, over on the border of Oklahoma. It's unfortunately in Oklahoma and Arkansas. So that's a, that's a weird place. But so it's going to cover what happened in Oklahoma City, Waco, the aftermath in this series on Showtime. But, man, that day... Um, like I said, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible day. Uh, you know, the loss of life and uh, just the, the tragedy. All of us couldn't believe the images we were seeing on live TV with people coming down ladders out of the building and, you know, people who were still buried in the rubble and the, uh, you know, John Hansen and all the EMT people that were over there helping at the time did the very best job they could and there were a lot of heroic people in that situation but it was a a horrible day that turned into a great example of the Oklahoma spirit and what the people and the quality of the people like is here in the state of Oklahoma but a lot of memories a lot of memories certainly 28 years ago today April 19th 1995 okay uh 405-651-3439 spring game coming up 230 Saturday Parker I do you like the scoring system I mean let's just play football I guess they want to give they want to give uh, rewards to the defense that are going to stand out I get it but I just don't like I feel like you know math was always my worst subject I did pretty good in other subjects but math, particularly when they started putting letters in math, I was done. I was the opposite of Stephen Hawking or John Nash or any of those brilliant mathematical minds. I was a mathematics dunce, basically. They should have put me in the corner with the dunce cap on once we got to that stuff. But um, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Kyler Murray, statue, Heisman Park, 1130. Of course, that will draw a big crowd as well. What do you think the stat? have we – we haven't seen any preview. Nobody drove it down from Dallas, you know, like they did with Bob Stoops' statue back in the day. Uh, that guy, I'm sure, never made another delivery to the University of Oklahoma after that. But what are we thinking that statue is going to look like? That's a great question. Somebody said I'd- Kyler had a very special way of going into the end zone. You know? Yeah, you know, the little Maybe finger the t- roll yeah. that he would do. I mean – 
from where I say I I don't really have any idea because I, I feel like we all had guesses as far as the Baker statue and then all of us were wrong mm-hmm. when it was actually revealed. So man, who knows what Kyler's ends up looking like. I hope I hope it resembles him a little bit more than Baker's does. <laughs> But I you've hope been it's got close. a little bit more personality. I, but don't you think Baker's up close looks a lot more like Baker? Because I guarantee you what's going to happen when it's first unveiled, they're going to say, Dad does not look like Kyler Murray. I'm so glad the Selmans got their statue, too, by the way, finally. Long overdue. And very large, too. Mm-hmm. That statue is enormous. Yeah, and it, it looks well, they, great. And I the Selmans really were larger than life. Yes, so. still the first family fitting. of Oklahoma football. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. J.B. McCollum, the guard from Siena, did commit to Oklahoma. Is going to be playing basketball for Porter Moser and the Sooners next year. But, Parker, they need about five or six more guys in the portal, don't they? No joke. This is not going to be (laughs) – J.B. McCollum's a nice get Mm -hmm. for Porter Moser. Do not get me wrong there. But – this is not going to be the addition that salvages the season ahead for Oklahoma. They need more ammunition via the portal. Hopefully there is more incoming. It's real nice to get a guy that averaged 16 points per game in a mid-major conference. No doubt his skills are going to translate to some extent, but you got to have more. And I think you got to have more size, Steely. I think that's Absolutely. where yeah, as uh, one of the texters was pointing out, uh, Sam Godwin got on scholarship, and I think he's a good, hard-nosed player and a good kid and a good teammate and all that stuff, but he's not your total answer there, obviously. Uh, he can give you some minutes and go out and do some stuff, but they have got to get uh, – they've just got to get more talent in. There is no doubt about it. And, man, based on the talent that left, um, you know, it's going to be – they might be hard-pressed to bring in the talent they had on the roster last year, you know. And I'm not saying that was a talented roster, but there still were a few guys who could play. Not at the superstar level, but they lost so much. I mean, it's just uh, it's just going to be hard. And I think what last year showed to Oklahoma basketball fans is that you can have a stud, because they had one in Grant Sherfield. But unless you're talking about a Trey Young type of player, which Grant Sherfield was not, you still got to have a supporting cast, and you still got to have somebody that's a reliable paint presence. And Oklahoma didn't have that last year. Tanner Groves was serviceable, but nothing more. And he and, on occasion, Sam Godwin were really the only two guys that could hold up on the interior against the talented bigs in the conference. And... To me, that's an area that Oklahoma has to shore up, and that has to be the priority now moving forward. And maybe Luke Northweather, the kid from Missouri maybe, that redshirted yeah. the last year, seven footer. maybe you get a little, more, little bit more than you bargained for with a guy like that. But I think Oklahoma still needs more ammunition on the inside. All right, why don't we break right here? We'll come back. All of your texts uh, coming up this hour, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We will be out at Balfour and at Yo Pablo Saturday morning beginning at 10 a.m. with our Sooner Spring football game pregame show coming up and then again afterwards at Yo Pablo as well. Very underrated Zeppelin tomb. Of course, Every Zeppelin tune was a classic. No doubt about it. All right. Stay with us. Coming right back. Again, all of your texts filling up the next segment here on The Ref Next.
Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Tomorrow, 1235 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, the one and only Silver Shoes himself, Mr. Joe Washington, will join us. Right now, let's get to your texts, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. From the 405, did Parker just drop his balls while on live radio? Thune is a legend. I did drop my balls while we were live on the radio. And Steelers. they were dropped for? Brennan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Brennan Thompson, you had told me a few days ago. You thought that was going to happen. Yep. But you wanted to wait. But, in fact, when his name came up in the portal, Brendan Thompson, the wide receiver who came uh, through the portal from Texas, Speed Merchant, another one, uh, you had said that you thought that was going to happen. So, it's happening. There we go. From the 806, forgive me for being behind, but is there any word on the DB transfer from Texas A&M, Bobby Taylor? Just read that he's gone, but it's from an unknown-to-me news source. Yes, Bobby Taylor is hitting the portal from Texas A&M, and that dude was a keystone of A&M's 2022 recruiting class, the one that was the highest-ranked class what in do they the have recruiting eight era. Eight five-stars oh. in that class, I think it was, eight or nine? I believe so. Eight of their 30 signees that year have already hit the transfer portal. So they have a turnover rate of, oh, quick math, Almost 30% after a single season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bobby Taylor is gone. Uh, doesn't really feel like Oklahoma is going to press hard to get another defensive back via the portal, and I think a lot of that has to do with the emergence of Josiah Wagner as well as the quiet brilliance of Macari Vickers. And knowing that you have two capable corners and those dudes it makes things a lot easier. Because Oklahoma had previously been looking at a couple transfer DBs, keeping tabs on a couple, and things seem to have cooled down there. But I think the guy to know right now is obviously Brennan Thompson. And as Oklahoma continues to trend quite positively in the race for his pledge out of the portal, uh, if he's a Sooner, man, this offense is going to ha- – they're going to be able to roll out some crazy speed this fall when they want to. Steely, between him, Andrell Anthony, Gavin Freeman, Jaquez Petaway, Gavin Sawchuk, who's one of the fastest football players in the country at any position, there is speed to burn on this OU football roster. Well, and we're going to get, well, why didn't he play at Texas? Well, they do have a guy named Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. It was an outstanding receiver as well. So, you know, they're – it was hard to get it. What did he catch? One pass, I think, last year at Texas. One pass for 32 yards, yep. But he has speed, and again, uh, obviously that, that's going to be a, a big get for Oklahoma. So we'll see. We will see. Okay, 405-651-3439. Uh, Tyler from Kellyville says, I know you crystal balled Thompson to OU, but how soon do you think he commits? I think that's done within the next week. I would say. Um, I would. I, I'll say that when we go on air next Wednesday, Brendan Thompson will already be a Sooner. That's the time frame I'll put on it. There it's you like go. Five to seven days. Okay. Five to seven days. Now, um, and you have your number for commitments this weekend. At did you set it at one and a half? I think one and a half. Yesterday? I'm gonna up it again. We'll put it at two and a half. With. The expectation that Brendan Thompson will be one. Perhaps. Okay. Two and a half. That's the over-under. 
an equally compelling case for the over as well as the under. However, I am going to take the over, Steely. I will take the over on two and a half. Jaden Hardy, B1. Things looking really, really nice there. Safety out of Louisville, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Autry, the other one. Things looking really, really nice there as well. You, sir, are under oath. I'm Don't. Sir, I'm asking you a question. I don't want to hear things are looking really good. Okay, I think we know what you're saying now. So, but I don't know if a Senate committee would let you answer like that. But that's all right. Fortunately, I'm not. I'm not testifying in front of the Senate committee. At least not at this point in my life. Yeah, not yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day when the college football world and the United States government continue to morph into one conglomerate of an entity. <sighs> the college football world, man, I'm still worried about it. Are the pole assassin and G of the monkey still doing well in Austin, as far as we know? Haven't heard much from them the last year or so. The pole assassin's been out of the news cycle. <laughs> that was such a great deal. Oh, yeah, you were having a ball with that, Steely. I don't know if there was anybody that was having as much fun with that whole saga as you. Let's hope the G of the Monkey's doing very well. There's no doubt that we want good health. Best wishes to G of the Monkey. Sooner Soldier says, my only problem with the portal is it makes it too easy for kids to quit and their current situation isn't bad as they think it is and them toughing it out is exactly what they need for growth. Grass isn't always greener. Uh, and I'm oh, I'm trying to figure out what the rest of this text says. Grass isn't always greener. Asks which influences their decision for most. Well, there's my profound thoughts for the week, Boomer. Look, Sooner Soldier, you're old school. I'm with you. I mean, a lot of times it was great to see a kid work and to make progress. And when Mark Clayton arrived at OU, he was, what, 5'10 and about 135 pounds. I remember Mike Stoops <laughs> talking about it. And he got with Jerry Schmidt and became a totally different dude and uh, became one of the great Sooner receivers and, uh, you know, high draft pick in the NFL and had a great career. But I don't know. Mark Clayton might have gone to the portal or something at some point. Who knows? I, I don't want to speak for Mark Clayton but because I think he's a pretty tough kid. He proved that. But, yeah, it's just a totally different era. I am still worried because I'm old that this is a bad direction for college football. But, look, it's a runaway train. You're not going to stand in front of it or you're going to get smashed right now. And I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And I still think Parker, while young, has an old soul. And I think you're worried about it too. Maybe not to the extent I am, but I think you're worried about it. But I just don't see anything changing. Lloyd from El Reno wants to know right now, when do you think that Nigel Smith will commit? Eh, mid to late summer. On the other side of official visits. Not one that I think there's a ticking clock on. Bumpy Road says, uh, Sawcheck reminds me of Rodney Anderson. Not, not as big physically, but he did run tough. Oh, Gunny. In the FSU game. Gunny says, fellas, they need to be on that same grass I'm on because it's always green. <laughs> Gunny's currently listening to us <laughs> in Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, it sounds like. Which is a great album, one of the greatest of all time. Oh, Gunny. Okay, what else we got on the text line? Will he be in town this weekend then? I'm assuming that's in reference to Brennan Thompson. Uh, that is the expectation. 
Yes. Okay, so as far as you know on the list of guys coming to town this weekend for the spring game, who are the headliners coming in? David Stone's going to be in town, right? David Stone will be in town. I would say he is certainly the headliner. And then from there, obviously we talked about Nigel Smith, another guy that if you're looking at defensive line in the class of 2024, definitely a name you'll want to get familiar with if you're not already. Uh, If you're a regular listener to Locked In, I don't know how you wouldn't know Nigel Smith's name at this point. But uh, Casey Poe, four-star offensive lineman out of Lindale, Texas. Michael Boganowski, the three-star safety out of Junction City, Kansas. Jaden Hardy, four-star safety out of Louisville, Texas. And then another headliner would be Joseph Jonah Ajonier, four-star defensive lineman out of Oak Ridge High School in Conroe, Texas. There you go. Here you go. What's Parker hearing on Brennan Thompson? He's been crystal balled. He's been crystallized. Brennan Thompson. It's one of those, again, late arrivees. It happens, though. <laughs> yeah, perfect example of what we're talking about. <laughs> we we could spend the entire... We just spent five minutes on Brennan Thompson. Well, but yes. We could have spent the entire first hour on Brennan Thompson, and somebody would be tuning in for the first time it in the second happens. hour and have no yeah. context for any of that. Gotcha. So. Do, 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 do. Okay, uh, let's get to a break right here. Doug from Norman is uh, texting in. Let's see what Doug has to say when we get back. Kyle from Shawnee wants to know about the new portal commitment that uh, Porter Moser got today. Uh, J.B. McCollum, the guard from Siena, we'll talk about that when we get back as well. We get a lot more time to get to all of your texts, 405-651-3439. Parker is taking the over, going over two and a half new commitments for the Sooners following all the prospects that will be in Norman for the spring game this weekend. And One of our uh, texters is trying to raise that line to three and a half. Maybe. We'll see. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hey, welcome back. Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans Wednesday edition. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. We appreciate their support. For hour number two each and every day, Exit 72, great deals there. Cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. What about uh, David and Donnie Deuteronomy from uh, Amishville, uh, Pennsylvania? I hear that they're in town this weekend. They're also being recruited to help build the new facilities as well, from what I hear. The Deuteronomy really? brothers. Yes. They're excellent. They have experience in bricklaying? Well, I mean, they build barns all the time, like in one weekend, so they could probably get the facilities, the new facilities, done in a month at, at the very most. So Package deal, I'm assuming? Package deal, yes. Old school players. Old Testament players. Do no they doubt. run barefoot, too? No, I believe they run in, uh, in wooden shoes, though. Clogs? But they, yes, but they're very fast and very physical. You know, because they're churning butter all the time and doing all kinds of hard labor. So they're very strong. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get back to all of your texts. Armin Gates hired as OU assistant basketball coach. I am not familiar with Coach Gates. Know anything about him? Curious. Well, what we know is he's a pretty dang good recruiter. And that was one of the reasons why Porter Moser targeted him from the University of Oregon and made the effort to bring him in at Oklahoma is because they need to be revitalized when it comes to recruiting, both via the traditional sense and via the portal. How many dollars do the Sooners have 
basketball dollars in Iowa-wise? Do we know? I mean, I, I know you can't give me an exact figure, but because there's a lot – college basketball, man, it's crazy some of the numbers you hear. Absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm sure they have some, but are they giving out, like, interurban gift certificates too? Or what are they What are they using? And look, I love a good meal at the interurban. It's a great restaurant, but, you know. <laughs> Gosh, this is harsh. From the 940, if OU is looking for bricklayers, they have an entire <laughs> basketball team. That's pretty good, though. I think we just, I think we just got the text of the day right oh, there from man. the 940. That's boom, boom. Pretty good. Really good. Sad, actually. but true. <laughs> oh man, that was nice. Uh, it's from the 918. Somebody tell Gunny if he's processing grass, my yard needs to be mowed. <laughs> Kyle from Shawnee says, what do we know about the portal commit that Moser got yesterday? We talked a little bit about him earlier in the show, but Javian McCollum from Siena uh, averaged 16 points per game last year. Ball handler, point guard, a guy that can come in and be the steady hand on the tiller that Jordan Goldwire was. Why, why are you still laughing, Steely? <laughs> I'm still laughing at that text. It was so well done. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll turn my mic off. I was about to start (laughs) laughing again. Oh, man. Anyway, Javian McCollum, transfer guard from Siena. 16-point-per-game scorer last year. First portal edition of the (laughs) offseason for Oklahoma. He still can't hold it together. Oh, you need bricklayers. They got a whole basketball team over there. Sorry. Okay, Okay. let's get to our Doug and Norman text. Let's do it. Doug, what's up? What if the NCAA went back to having to sit out a year when transferring? COVID is no longer an issue, so why can't that be reinstated? That would cut down the transfers immensely and immediately. Well, listen, Doug, first off, I agree with you. That would cut down on transfers immensely and immediately. I'm for it, Doug. Let's do it. Common misconception there. The immediate eligibility proviso did not have anything to do with COVID-19. That was put in place before the pandemic. It was essentially the intent behind it was to give guys one free transfer. Be able to escape a situation where they didn't feel like they could succeed or they didn't Mm -hmm. have a clear path to playing time. Now, obviously, the system has been gamed a million different ways in the four or five years since uh, that proviso was passed. But that was the original spirit behind the rule. He's still laughing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm trying not to, but it was so well-timed. You got it together now? Yes. Going to be able to maintain it? All it said was if OU is looking for bricklayers, they have an entire basketball team. But it was timed beautifully. So, anyway, um, you remember when that rat bastard uh, mule shoe – Used to get so upset about transferring within conference, and you know he was trying. Yeah, to, he tried to block Chandler Morris's transfer to and, TCU and Austin Kendall, right? Initially, and then he finally got some heat and he backed off of it. But and who's the biggest sob in the history of the portal and the luckiest one? Mulesu. <sighs> I'm not laughing now. How gratifying would you find it? How pleased would you be if 10 years from now you are happily retired, Mm -hmm. living a life full of gardening and golf? No gardening for me, but golf, yes. 
and Muleshoe has washed out as an NFL coach, washed out as a college football coach, and he is coaching in the USFL. Oh, I if I could do it physically, I'd be doing backflips, yes, but I probably wouldn't be able to. Oh, man. From the 918, we also have a roofer on the football team, referring, I'm sure, to one Ted Roof. Mm-hmm. You know, that was too bad that we didn't get to see his son play last year. Had the knee injury, of course. That would have been kind of fun to see. He would have been, would that have been his fourth or his fifth school? I believe his fourth school that he had played for in his collegiate career. One of the few, I imagine, to have suited up for four different collegiate institutions. Will Ted Roof get the last lap this fall? What if OU just has like a top five defense nationally? And Ted Roof is the toast. Royals award, Royals winner. award winner, Ted Roof. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be absolutely incredible. Uh, he gets a retirement parade down Jenkins. Are the uh, who did the uh, up on a roof again? Wasn't it the Drifters? Are they still around in some fashion that they could come do a live performance? Of up on the roof. Well, Steele, you're old enough that I think you could. You probably are the one with connections to be able to get the drifters in town. Uh, we'll if see that's if, what we need. I think, it, I think it was the drifters. So, anyway, Gunner from Grove, Steely, The best part of my day is listening to you roast mule shoe. God bless you. Sometimes I just uh, it just pops back in my head, and I get uh, get overly angry about it. But did you all? I hear you all talking about Zachariah Leviticus. Now, we were talking about the Deuteronomy brothers, the Amish defensive ends. Camelo Sooner says, I find it ironic that he was against transferring in conference, yet he had no problem taking a running back transfer from Oregon as soon as he got to USC. Travis Dye. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Travis Dye. Remember when he raised all kinds of fuss about Chandler Morris trying to go to TCU? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And how he, he got asked about because. It dragged on for a while, mm-hmm. as I recall, the situation with Morris's eligibility. Well, and didn't he do the same thing with Austin Kendall, too? Right? Did he? I thought uh, yeah, because Kendall went to West Virginia, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it was twice. Of course, he said, well, I'm going to put my institution at a competitive disadvantage. <sighs> he he was the most insecure, paranoid coach I have ever dealt with. And granted, I haven't dealt with a ton of coaches because I'm not that old, but <laughs> nobody, nobody I've interacted with is as insecure as Muleshoe. There, uh, think about the media availabilities. Now, none of this matters unless Oklahoma wins football games and gets back playing real Oklahoma football again. But I know the media appreciates it, and I think the fans appreciate it because you there was no way you'd be hearing this much from the newcomers. No, you think we'd you be think getting to watch 45 minutes of practice once a week? No, and you wouldn't hear from Jackson Arnold. You wouldn't hear from P.J. Adebore. You wouldn't hear from any of those guys. Peyton Bowen, by the way, obviously his situation with what happened with his sister which is just, you know, such a sad deal. Um. You know, spring obviously changed for him, but, uh, you know, we had heard from Peyton Bowen a couple times, too. I mean, it's just been – it's been very refreshing. From the 405, I want Ted Roof to be the voice of OU Highlights. Can Ted Roof do the PA and the uh, – and be on the defensive staff at the same time? Add Ted Roof to the OU broadcast crew. A three-man booth crew of Toby Rowland, Teddy Lehman, and Ted Roof. Teddy and Ted and Toby. Ted and Teddy. 
Toby, Teddy, and Ted. I like it. So Ted, Teddy, go. and Toby. There you go. Yes, Steely, it is the Drifters. Thank you. We may have to play that when we get back. Do you think the three-man front's coming back, or has the band been dismissed? We'll probably see some of it, right? In the fall. Ted Roof. Okay, who are the members of Ted Roof in the three-man front? You have Ted Roof. You have James Skalski. Mm-hmm. He has to be involved in some capacity. It's funny. At practice, Brent Venables, Ted Roof, James Skalski, those three are always together. Always hanging out. Yeah, but Brent can't be in the backup group, right? So I guess Miguel Chavis and uh, Brandon Hall, maybe, or Jay Valai. You got to have Phil Pachotti in there somewhere. Ted Roof in the three man front consists of Ted Roof, James Skalski, Phil Pachotti, and who else from the linebacker core will have a really, really good Danny nice Stutzman. Voice. Danny Stutzman. Nah, there you no go. Doubt. It's got to be Danny Stutzman. All right, break time. We've got more of your texts on the way. We appreciate all you guys and maybe a couple ladies out there texting in today. 405 651 3439. We've got another segment to go. We'll get locked in at the top of the hour right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right. Whatever happened to Wolf Mother, are they still out there? I'm sure they are somewhere. Yeah. I haven't heard from them in like 15 years. Been but. a while. Been a while. Good song here, though. All right, 405-651-3439. Our friends at Riverwind Casino have been setting the standard for casino entertainment in the Oklahoma City metro area for years and years and years. That's why they win all the awards, because they are simply the best. And you know what's great? Concerts are coming back to the Showplace Theater Great concert venue, seats about 8,000 out at Riverwind. We haven't had a show there in uh, over three years, though, because of the pandemic and, uh, you know, the renovation happening at Riverwind. In fact, we had some gaming machines in there for a while, and I think they still do, uh, non-smoking gaming area in there. But soon, the shows are coming back to the show place, theater. June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire will be the first show out. In July, we'll have Collective Soul July 21st, Josh Turner. July 28th, the comedy of Gabriel Iglesias. July 29th, Dwight Yoakam. August 19th, the Counting Crows. August 25th, in September, REO Speedwagon. September 8th, and then Chicago, September 15th. Plus, the uh, outdoor concert series that everybody loves so much, Beats and Bites, is back for 2023, and that will start up in May. May 27th for 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. Then in June, June 10th, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. July 8th, we've got Mark Chestnut, Shannon Doe, and Tracy Bird. And then August 26th, Gary Allen on the Beats and Bites stage. All those incredible local food trucks will be out there. Tremendous craft beer from Coop Ale Works, the presenting sponsor. You'll have a great time outdoors. Bring your folding chairs, kid-friendly environment, and uh, take in some great music outdoors at Beats and Bites 2023. And all of those uh, tickets are only 5 bucks a piece. Get them at the box office or at, uh, you know, on the uh, on the web at uh, riverwind.com. Plus, uh, again, tickets are on sale for all those shows at the Showplace Theater, again, at the box office at the casino or at riverwind.com. Another example of why Riverwind is simply the best. All right. Uh, so today the news is that uh, J.B. McCollum, again, commits to OU basketball, the uh, guard from Siena. And... 
the latest commitment for OU football came recently from K.J. Daniels, the wide receiver from Franklinton, Louisiana. So the Sooners currently 56th in the 247 team rankings uh, with K.J. Daniels, Michael Hawkins, and Jeremiah Newcomb. And Parker is thinking that uh, there could be three on the way. Uh, and it's looking really good for Brendan Thompson coming through the portal and winding up at Oklahoma, and that would give the Sooners yet more speed, Parker, on offense. A lot more speed. Brendan Thompson, one of the fastest football players in the country, and when you add him to an offense that already has Gavin Sawchuk, who is – I don't know if he's quite as fast as Brendan Thompson, but he's close. He's real close. A guy that can knock on the door 10.2 in the 100-meter dash. You add him to an offense that already features Gavin Sawchuk, that already features Gavin Freeman and Andrew Anthony, that will feature Jaquez Petaway. Man, you've got speed to burn on the offensive side of the ball. And some of the packages that Oklahoma's going to be able to roll out, especially when you've got a guy that can play a variegated offensive role like Brennan Thompson can, Jeff Lebby is going to have a lot of fun this fall. A lot of fun. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. The ESPN prediction has Oklahoma favored in every game against, except against Texas. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. You know, uh, you almost uh, – Texas fans would never do it. No, you fans will never forget it. But you almost throw out last year's OU-Texas game. Look, do I think that Oklahoma would have won the game if Dylan Gabriel had played? I don't know. What, what would you say? A one in – Three chance if Gabriel had played, 40%. Would you say it would have been a coin flip if Dylan Gabriel had played any OU Texas game last year? I would say, yeah, that, that's a coin, coin flip. flip if you got yeah. Gabriel in the game. Especially with the way that Texas kind of – I shouldn't say squandered momentum, but they were floundering in the early stages. Obviously, they poured it on towards the end of the second mm-hmm. quarter and on throughout the second half, but early on – it was kind of a mano a mano punch for punch battle there between it Oklahoma was. and Texas. Yeah, it didn't last long, but it w- that's what it was. From the nine one eight, he didn't take die from Oregon. He took him from the portal. That's right. That's mule shoe semantics. Travis Die had a really good year. They he got hurt. Did he get hurt right before the Utah game? I, I think. believe yeah. so. Yeah. From the four hundred five, the Usain Bolt receiver group. Yeah, you'd have some I, – I don't want to say Olympic caliber speed because that's maybe a little bit overblown. But when you're talking about a truly elite core in terms of speed, what Oklahoma could roll out between Brennan Thompson, Andrew Anthony, and Jaquez Petaway, that would rival any receiver room in the country in terms of speed. It might be the fastest. Pretty impressive, no doubt. Pretty, pretty impressive. Okay, uh, time for a few more before we get out of here. From the 405, offense can be the Pumas. Yeah, defense has the Cheetahs. Offense can be the Pumas. There you go. What's another really fast mammal besides the Cheetah? I should just put it this Mm. way. Another really fast predator because they can't be like the wildebeests, right, because wildebeests get mauled by Cheetahs. On the regular. Has to be something terrifying and also fast. Good question. Somebody will let us know on the text line. 405-651-3439. You guys should get Ted Roof to read ads. He does have an excellent voice. Does have hey, an excellent voice. Hey, that could be his retirement voice. gig, man. 
I think Ted Roof should read audiobooks too. I think Ted Roof should do this show. I will step aside, yield my spot in this program to Ted Roof, and Steely and Ted can just dominate the boomer demographic. <laughs> we do, don't we? The Impala says Sooner Soldier. Impala, isn't that mm-hmm. just basically a wildebeest? Florida Sooner says cocaine cheetah. <laughs> Oh, man. The Jaguar. All right, we got to get out of here. We're going to get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up next. All Sooners for 60 minutes, the way it should be. A lot of recruiting stuff to get into. New crystal ball to talk about. All of that coming up next. We want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Paul's Valley. Thank you very much. And to our friends at Riverwind, get out there for the drawings for the 30K, the random hot seat drawings for the 30K nest egg winnings promotion, 2 to 9.30 for the prelims, 10 o'clock for the grand prize. Have a great day.